0: Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. So we are finally here. We've made it. It's, it's game week. The Eagles play a game Sunday. It, it's, it's finally here. I couldn't be more excited because I'm a believer in the team. That's the thing here. Like what this all comes down to this season is, are you a believer in Jalen Hurts? Right? I mean, that's, that's been the, the, the overriding, you know, you know, thing that people have talked about all off season is if Jalen Hurts is good enough. Now, here's the thing. It's going to come down to a couple factors. It's not like football is a team sport. It's the furthest thing from an individual sport. I don't care how good Jalen Hurts is. If our offensive line sucks, he's not going to be that good. If our you know, wide receivers suck, he's not going to be that good. If our running backs suck, he's not going to be that good. It's a team sport. So we're going to go over what the Eagles have to do to beat the Falcons. And again, it's, it's a good game to start with for the Eagles because here's the thing. The best thing about the Philadelphia Eagles are their offense and defensive line. Those are their two best units. And that's the two weakest units for Atlanta. Their offensive line is beat up especially in the middle right so our defensive line especially our two overall probably best defensive line men Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave they should eat up the middle and here's the thing Atlanta knows they're weak in the middle because they're down to backups at guard you know um, and again besides that if they were healthy they'd still be weak there the point is, they're going to be protecting, my guess is you're going to see a lot of max protections from the Falcons. They're going to keep their running back in, Mike Davis a lot, to you know help protect Matt Ryan. Because they do believe they have an advantage with Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts and Russell Gage and, and all their weapons that they have on the outside, and that may be a fact. But the point here is, we don't have to worry anymore about the Eagles only rushing four guys. That's the best part about this whole thing. We do not have to sit back and think, okay, if our front four gets pressure, we're going to be okay. Because if the front four isn't generating pressure, the Eagles are also going to be adding this thing. It's it's a completely foreign uh thing to the Eagles. It's called blitzing. We are going to blitz their quarterback. So they are going to put Matt Ryan under a lot of pressure. Now, they did claim two guys off of waivers. Uh, Shakir, we talked about him, the uh, Cornerback from the Colts and Mac McLean. He is a cornerback from uh, Denver. So Josiah Scott's on IR. So we are going to have six defenders. You know, again, I don't know how much Mac McLean. My guess is he'll be inactive. Um, probably same thing with Shakir, unless he's going to play specials. But um, they are now on the roster, and that that goes to show you what the Eagles thought of their end of their roster in terms of cornerbacks. And again, I said that was probably a position you were going to see some waiver claims, and they didn't do any waiver claims, but they have signed these guys post-end of the season. By the way, if you do hear any sounds there in the background, that is my son. He is sitting here with me as we watch, you know, the Tampa Bay-Dallas game that's on as we speak, and he's going to be essentially uh, my guest for the show for most of the year, because I'd assume he'll be sitting here for most of my recordings. But um, back to the game. This, the point of the end of our roster in terms of our corners, I knew that, again, the Eagles, obviously, they believe in Zach McPherson, and maybe down the road he will be a good player, but he's a rookie. You know, Avante Maddox, he's got injury problems. Josiah Scott was kept, I believe, because they are concerned about Maddox. Maybe overall as a defender, but especially because of his injury history, because Scott could play inside. Nelson and, and Slay. You know, again, if an injury uh, occurs, like I said, it goes to McPherson, but what if there's two, you know what I mean? So being a little heavy at corner made sense. They went and they scoured the wire there. They got two guys that they believe in. Um Again, ideally, we hope we don't have to see them play, but that's why they're here. Now, in regards to the rest of the defense, I think the Eagles have a good advantage here at linebacker. Again, like I said, I'm a huge believer in the linebacker we have, Alex Singleton. I think he's the best linebacker on this team. Um, I think Eric Wilson's going to be really good. I, like I said, that uh, they also have Janard Avery here, and he should be good to go, and my guess is him. And Patrick Johnson, now again, my bet would be Patrick Johnson's inactive, but I guess uh, my guess would be Avery's going to play that, you know, essentially blitzing linebacker role in this defense. So when he's on the field, he's not going to be dropping into coverage very often. If ever, he's going to be rushing the quarterback. Other guys are going to be rushing the quarterback. Ryan Kerrigan. You know, he didn't play at all in the preseason, had the hand issue. Well, Ryan Kerrigan was not on the injury report here this week, so Ryan Kerrigan should be good to go. Our defensive line is as healthy as it's been starting the season, as long as I can remember. Heck, the team is as healthy as it could be starting the season as I can remember. The only four people on the injury report this week were um, Brandon Brooks, uh, Rodney McLeod, Landon Dickerson, and who was the fourth guy? I thought I could do it without even looking. Um let's see here as I go to pull up the injury report. The thing the the, the concerning name is obviously Brooks because um again I, I concerned about Rodney McLeod, but the belief of Rodney McLeod playing wasn't too high. Oh Davion Taylor, the linebacker, yeah. So those are the only four guys and they were all limited. That means they did participate in practice. McLeod, who didn't play in the preseason Chances are, since he was limited coming off that knee injury from last year, we're going to see Marcus Epps would be my guess, start at safety with um, Anthony Harris. You could see Kayvon Wallace. Um, Elijah Riley was protected on the practice squad. My guess is he's one of those two call-ups this week, uh, which is going to be, again, I'm cool with that because I think Elijah Riley can play. I kind of hope he gets on the field because I actually believe in Elijah Riley. I thought he had a very legitimate case to make our team from the jump, but I think if you start Epps, uh, that's what I would do. I don't believe in starting Kayvon Wallace, and here's why. Kayvon Wallace has been hurt. That's all he's ever done so far. Can Kayvon Wallace play? Probably, yeah. I, I Again, I'm not saying, sitting here saying I'm writing off Kayvon Wallace. But in terms of who do I trust more starting the game, it's going to be Marcus Epps. And I know a lot of people thought Marcus Epps did not you know, live up last year. I thought he played rather well especially at the end of last season. Marcus Epps was around the football a lot. I thought he developed into a pretty nice player. You know, hey, this was the same guy who got torched by Metcalf in the Seahawks playoff game on the bomb that won the football game. That was Marcus Epps, and he's a new player. I, I believe in Marcus Epps. I do believe, especially in Elijah Riley. I think if he gets the chance, he will be good. Kayvon Wallace, again, he's a question mark just because he's just been hurt. We don't know what Kayvon Wallace is, and Anthony Harris is a really good player. So the back end of our secondary I believe in. Then in terms of our starting corners, Slay and Nelson, I think that's as good a combo as we've had here in a long, long time in terms of two corners. Yeah, they're a little older, but they're two veterans. Slay still could play. Trust me, Darius Slay is as good as there is. You're not going to convince me otherwise that Darius Slay is not as good as there is in the NFL. And Steven Nelson, again, I wasn't the biggest fan of him in Pittsburgh, but in terms of what he can do, he is absolutely 100% an upgrade over what we've had at that position for the last three years. That goes without question. And I think Steven Nelson here on a contract year, I could see Steven Nelson uh, earning himself a contract going forward with the Eagles. That's another thing. I think people just keep writing the idea off that Steven Nelson's only going to be here for one and done. And, and I don't see that at all. Because if he plays a good season this year, I have no problems. And I would assume the Eagles would try to keep him with the cap space that we're going to have. Don't break up the secondary because you're just fearful of their ages. No, no, no. You do that when they start seeing some type of decline, and you could build the back of your secondary to eventually have to come up and play. That's what Zach McPherson's for. You know, that's what maybe one of these guys you claimed off waivers a Josiah Scott could be. Um, You still have Jaquette on the practice squad if you want to try to develop him. I like our secondary, especially because right now they're healthy. And I already said the linebackers, and we talked about the defensive line. I think the Eagles' defense is better than the Falcons' defense. I really do. I think the Falcons' defensive line is weak. Grady Jarrett, obviously really, really good. But that's pretty much what they got on their defensive line. Now, let's talk about our offense versus their defense, right? So our offensive line, their defense line's not, like I said, we just talked about it. Our offensive line should control their defensive line. If that doesn't happen, now here's the thing. If you're watching this game and you're seeing their defensive line win against our offensive line, that is huge in regards to problems that we're going to have. That will be a telltale sign for how the season's going to go. Our offensive line should have no issues uh, stopping their defensive line. And again, that's even if Brandon Brooks doesn't play. Again, I'd assume he's going to play. Lane Johnson made a comment today saying he's going to play. So if Brandon Brooks plays and you know doesn't have to come out and there's no injuries and our, defense al- our offensive line is getting beat by their defensive line, then guess what? Spoiler, we're not going to be nearly as good as I personally think we should be but I don't foresee that. Even if Nate Herbig has to play in this game for Brandon Brooks, because he will be next man up, um, I still don't see a problem. Again, I guess Landon Dickerson could potentially be the guy who plays, but a guy who didn't play all preseason, didn't play or participate in training camp, coming off the same type of injury McLeod is, I would think there's a very low chance that Landon Dickerson is in uniform for the game on Sunday. Now, when he's healthy, I could absolutely start arguing for him to play over a guy like Isaac Ciamalo. Definitely, 100%. He's 100 times better. Without ever playing, I know Landon Dickerson's better than him. But that's an advantage the Eagles have from last year is that we were able to find out that a guy like Nate Herbert could play, a guy like Brett Toth, who's going to probably have to be active for this game. My guess would be our active. If you said to me right now, who's going to be the active offense alignment in this game? Well, your starters, Milata, Ciamalo, Kelsey. Brooks, if he plays, so I'm going to assume Brooks is playing right now. Brooks and Johnson. And then, generally, the Eagles will go with seven linemen active on game day. Okay, so here's the thing. If you're going to go with seven, it's tough to have Dillard be active, right? Because he only could play one spot. Herbig would be active because he could play center and guard. Uh, You could see Toth being active then because he could play guard and tackle because Driscoll's out on IR. Uh, they have LeRaven Clark protected, so my guess would be that if something is going down with Brooks, that LeRaven Clark would be activated because he could play swing tackle because he could play both right and left tackle, and that's what Toth could kind of do. But ideally, you don't want to see that. So I, I actually, the more you think about it, I don't think they'd want to move Toth from the right side. So I could foresee a situation where they do have eight linemen active during the game, and Diller would be the eighth, and then, you know, they would have Landon Dickerson inactive. And if they bring up LaRaven Clark, obviously he's going to be active, but that tells you that Brooks would then obviously not be active. Now, uh, in terms of our wide receivers, their secondary is not good. A.J. Terrell, I think, is terrible. I don't care if he's a first-round pick or not. He's terrible. Their corners, and, and Fabian Moreau, I mean, he's been around forever. We know him from being in the division. But again, that secondary is nothing that I look at and I go, oh, man, they got some guys over there that could cover. Devontae Smith can. Win at the line of scrimmage all day against that secondary. I'm telling you, I think Devontae Smith is going to have a really, really big game. That's the feeling I'm getting here. I have a good feeling about what Devontae Smith is going to put on the field on Sunday. I think he's going to just win at the line of scrimmage nonstop. I'm telling you this, we we didn't get a really good idea of what Devontae Smith was. I mean, I know he played only a couple halves or a, a couple halves, a half against New England. And Joe Flacco was the quarterback in that game, and he was having one of the worst games of his life at that time. But with Jalen Hurts, I'm telling you, I have a really good feeling about Devontae Smith. Jalen Rager, this should be a good game for Jalen Rager. He's going to have an opportunity to win at the line of scrimmage, and the same thing with Quez Watkins. I just feel that our wide receivers, and again, I know they're unproven, but it just, to me, comes off that we should dominate their secondary. Listen, I'm not saying that Atlanta doesn't have any players on their defense. Dan Pease is a really good defensive coordinator. He's been in the league forever, so it doesn't surprise me. He should be good. Their linebackers are good. But I just look at their holes in terms of what they are as a team. And again, they picked fourth in the NFL draft last year for a reason. You could sit there and say, hey, well, the Eagles picked sixth. And I understand that 100%. But I mean, I didn't look at Atlanta and say they picked fourth because Matt Ryan was the worst quarterback I'd ever seen play football last year. The Eagles picked six because, in my opinion, Carson Wentz was the worst quarterback that ever played football last year. The, only, and the reason I believe in the roster so much is we were competitive in a couple games last year against some top-tier teams, right? The Steelers, when they were clicking, and Baltimore. And we could have won both those games because those were two of Carson Wentz's best games of the year. He played at least average in both of those games, and we had a chance to win both of them. And that's what the one of the games where Jamon Brown was just the worst guard you'd ever seen play football against Baltimore. And Nate Guard, and Chase Claypool against um, Pittsburgh. So I do believe in the talent on this team. And I, I think Miles Sanders is going to have a, a big year. I really do. I believe in what Miles Sanders is going to do. More so, what I'm trying to say here is, I believe in Nick Sirianni. I believe our offense and our defense are going to be creative. I think it's not going to be this plain Jane bullshit that we had to watch for the last couple of years, especially on the defensive side. Jonathan Gannon, I know for a fact, just by accident, is going to be more creative with his schemes and his disguises over Jim Schwartz. Now, I'm just looking at Sirianni, and again, I know the Eagles are going to run the football. I know that he's going to try to establish the line of scrimmage, and that's fine. People get all scared about that. They think you got to throw it every down. No, if we can win the line of scrimmage running the football, play action with Jalen Hurts, watch out. Rolling the quarterback out? That's something that we were begging uh, Doug Peterson to do with uh, Carson Wentz for how long? And he never did it. Never once would he roll the quarterback out. Jalen Hurts is going to be rolling out a lot. You have an athlete at quarterback. Use his strengths to your advantage. Now. I'm do have. A, I'm going to pause here for a second and give you a quick word from Anchor. Then we're going to talk about the tight end position because I do want to go over a lot of things here with the tight end position. And then we'll go over what my prediction for the final score maybe of the game will be and, and, and some other news and notes. So like I said, I'm going to send you uh, right now to a quick word here from Anchor. So let's talk tight ends because this to me has become very interesting with the Eagles at tight end. Mark Andrews signed his uh, contract extension this week with Baltimore. He was drafted in the same draft as Dallas Goddard. The Eagles were trying to work on an extension with Goddard prior to training camp, and it didn't work. And here we are at the start of the season, and there's really been no news. They they freed up a bunch of money with you know the restructuring of some contracts because you know a lot of people thought maybe it was for Deshaun Watson, possibly, which again I definitely hinted towards. And the other idea would be that you know Josh Sweat. Um, Dallas Goddard, Jordan of these guys were up for a contract extension. So you could kind of use that money to give them extensions right now because you could use that money for the season. The Dallas Goddard thing is starting to become really interesting to me because, you know, you heard the story last week that Minnesota, when, you know, I believe Irv Smith was ruled out for the year, they called the Eagles and they talked about Goddard in a trade. And listen, Ertz is still here. And it seems like Ertz isn't going anywhere which is crazy to me. I can't believe we didn't trade Ertz, but they didn't. My thing would be this. And again, I'm not ruling this out. Listen, ideally the Eagles right now don't want to do anything at tight end because what I think their potential other plan could be here is impossible yet. Tyree Jackson was really, really impressive in the offseason. He's a young player. He's a big target. He's somebody they could develop into, they believe, a very good tight end. They've been looking for an Antonio Gates, a Jimmy Graham, and Tyree Jackson just may be that guy, right? So my thing would be this. What's cheaper for them? Keeping Hurts, having him be the mentor to Tyree Jackson, kind of like he was the mentor to Dallas Goddard, kind of like Brent Selick was the mentor to him. Turning Tyree Jackson into a player on a very cheap contract, having Jack Stoll be your third tight end there, kind of like Trey Burton was years ago, and rolling with that eventually next season. Or paying Goddard, and here's the thing about paying Goddard. Goddard, to me, has best tight end in the NFL potential. I've always thought that. I think Dallas Goddard could be just as good as George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. Um, he's a much better athlete than Ertz. He's a more physical football player than both of them, or than Ertz, I'm sorry. The problem with Dallas Goddard is his availability. Your best ability is availability, and Dallas Goddard has an injury problem. And to me, I get it, you can't always, it's, football's a physical sport, people are just going to get hurt. But Dallas Goddard not being able to consistently stay on the field, I'm telling you, I could see where the Eagles are a little hesitant in guaranteeing him a bunch of money. His talent warrants it, sure, but his ability to stay on the field doesn't. I'm just saying, now with Ertz still here, I could see the Eagles thinking that there's an idea that maybe we could just use Ertz to develop Tyree Jackson and he might be the tight end going forward. I really think that that's a possibility because why else would they be talking about anybody with Dallas Goddard? Now here's the thing. Did they trade Goddard to the Vikings? Of course not. They didn't trade him. What would it have cost? It had to be a high price, right? I mean, my guess would be it had to be a minimum of a second round pick. It didn't happen. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, again, you, every player is technically available. I mean, if they call the Vikings called the Eagles and said, we want Jalen Hurts and we're going to give you four first round picks. I'm sure the Eagles probably would do it, right? I mean, that's just how it is. Everybody has a price. Hey, we want Devante Smith. We're going to give you our 10 first round picks for the next decade. You're going to probably make the trade. That's just how it is. But they did call and they talked and it somehow got out and the Eagles aren't refuting it. So it is what it is. I just think that we got to start understanding that Tyree Jackson might be way higher on the Eagles' board here than even some people believe in terms of what they feel as a priority. He made this team. They did not want to risk him to to waivers. And he's hurt. Think about that. A guy playing a new position, never played tight end at any level, let alone the NFL, played one preseason game, was really good, had great practices, a great offseason, and the Eagles kept him on the active roster they gave him a roster spot because they did not want to risk losing him. I'm just saying, the Tyree Jackson thing is real. And the Eagles, by the way, they do hold a massive advantage in terms of Atlanta with their tight ends. And, I, and I'm telling you, the way Sirianni's offense is, I get, I get it. We don't want to see 12 personnel exclusively. Absolutely, I don't either, because I do not want Ertz's paycheck dictating his playing time. But here's the thing. We have a very big advantage at tight end over every other team in the NFL. Goddard and Ertz is the best tight end combo in the NFL. I don't care about Johnnie Smith and Hunter Henry or whatever the hell else some people are going to say. Ertz and Goddard is by far the best tight end duo. Use it to your advantage. Just don't use it in terms of because they're getting paid. You can't go to 11 personnel or even, you know, the two-running-back system that they could use as well. There's a lot of different combinations the Eagles could have. And I feel Peterson was always hamstrung and using to have, to have to play guys due to paychecks, like Jeffrey coming in for Fulgham last year, and now especially with Ertz and his money, You know, I could see there's no reason the Eagles aren't going to want to put him on the field. But if he's on the field and he's producing, then that's fine. So again, if they do end up trading Dallas Goddard or not re-signing him, that's fine. I don't care. We'll talk about that at the end of this season. Right now, let Dallas Goddard become a player that's valuable. And I'm telling you this. If he starts having a really good start to the season, don't tell me his contract extension can't happen. The Eagles have done contract extensions in the middle of the season. They did it with Jeffrey a couple years ago. So let's not sit here and say this isn't like the Steelers where, you know, a guy, if they don't have the extension, that's why they got Watt done today. If they don't have the extension done, they're not going to talk about it during the season. The Eagles will absolutely talk about it with Goddard, with Sweat, and Mylata as well. now, Hey, let's all be thankful. I didn't want to. I saw one news note. I just wanted to go over was the Jamar Chase thing, where he's having more difficulty catching this football because there isn't a stripe on it, and people are trying to actually buy that as an excuse. I'm like, brother, you freaking opted out last year. What were you doing? You weren't training with an NFL football, and even say that as an excuse. I'm telling you this right now. Didn't everybody hear me during the uh, offseason? What I told everybody prior to the draft, I don't want anything to do with Jamar Chase. I said it to everybody. We don't want anything to do with Jamar Chase. I have bust written all over him. I wanted to stay as far freaking away from him as possible. I would have been heartbroken if the Eagles picked Jamar Chase, and guess what? again, a game hasn't even been played yet, and I just feel better and better about not having Jamar Chase near our roster. Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle were both 150 times better than uh, Jamar Chase, and it's just proven. And Kyle Pitts as well, a guy we're going to have to defend here on Sunday. Again, like I said, the strength of that team, the Falcons, is going to be Pitts and Ridley, and that's going to be the only chance they have. I really believe that. Here's, again, moving on from Jamar Chase, let's back to this football game. The only chance the Falcons will have is if our defensive line fails, our blitzes aren't getting to the quarterback, and Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts are able to get the ball in space. And Kyle Pitts could eat over the middle because, again, we don't really have – like you'd want a guy like Davion Taylor and his athletic ability to ideally be a guy who could kind of match up with um, with Kyle Pitts if you're going to use a linebacker. Because if you're going to use a, a, a secondary player, right, if you're going to use somebody in your secondary, that's going to have to be Steven Nelson or Darius Slay can't be Avante Maddox. I mean, maybe it could be Zach McPherson a little bit. So I'd assume that that's uh, something they're thinking about, but they don't have like a Malcolm Jenkins anymore who could go and guard a tight end. It's not going to happen. And he's more than a tight end. He's going to play wide receiver in this game. So I would envision that the Eagles will try to get Slay and Nelson matched up on Pitts and the other one matched up on Ridley. That's what I would do, especially if you're in man. But that's the Falcons' best chance. Listen, Matt Ryan's a statue. He's not going anywhere. If we can't hit Matt Ryan, then we're going to be in a lot of trouble. Matt Ryan, historically, has not been good against blitzes. So I'm telling you this right now. If we hit their quarterback, the Eagles can win this game. I know right now they're the Vegas underdogs. Listen, I, I, my prediction for this game is that the Eagles win and they could win by 10+. plus. I really believe it. I think the Eagles are a better football team than the Atlanta Falcons. I think the only questions people have about the Eagles, especially right now, is at quarterback. And I believe in Jalen Hurts. So if I believe in the quarterback, and that's the major question for the Eagles, then guess what? I think the Eagles are going to win. And they could blow them out. I really do. I do think the Eagles could run this up. I honestly, sincerely believe that. But I will be back Sunday. Well, we will be uh, doing our first postgame show, the 2021 season. I can't freaking wait. Football is here. Jalen Hurts is the man. He's going to win this game on Sunday. That is a guarantee. So stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. Go Eagles. Go.